Just a warning before we start, this episode discusses sexual assault. After weeks of speculation about developments in the case, London police have spoken publicly about its investigation into sexual assault allegations against members of Canada's 2018 World Juniors team. Five players from that squad have been charged, two years after revelations of assault investigation, and a lawsuit settled out of court. I'm Dave Breckenridge, and this is 10-3. London Free Press reporter Dale Carruthers joins me to discuss the history of the case, why we're seeing charges now, and what police had to say about the six-year delay. Don't forget, you can find us on all your favorite listening apps, whether that's Apple or Google or Spotify or Amazon. I'd love it if you could leave us a rating, a review, and tell your friends about the show. So, Dale, police in London gave their first public update in their investigation involving a number of players from the 2018 World Juniors team after weeks of reports of pending charges and speculation around the players involved and ultimately charges being laid. And I do want to get to what the police had to say on Monday, but I feel like it's important that we back things up a little bit. When did these allegations against a handful of players from Team Canada first come to light? Um, The first time we heard about these allegations was in May 2022. That's after TSN reported on a civil lawsuit filed by a London woman identified only as EM, alleging that she was sexually assaulted by eight players after the Hockey Canada Gala in London, Ontario on June 18th. She said she met them at a bar, Jack's here in London, and went back to the Delta Armouries Hotel where she was allegedly assaulted. Mm -hmm. What happened when these allegations were first reported to police? As I assume they were reported to police before this lawsuit came to light. Uh, Yes. A relative of the complainant was the first person to contact police requesting information about a potential sexual assault. And then the complainant herself uh, gave a statement to police and police launched a sexual assault investigation. And then it was closed in February 2019. So about six months later, and it was determined that they didn't have enough grounds to lay criminal charges in the case. And that was the end of it. And so what do we know about the lawsuit as as was reported in, in 2022? Because as you say, the, the allegations came to light through this lawsuit and filed by the complainant against Hockey Canada. What What allegations were detailed and what ultimately was done with that legal action? The lawsuit was incredibly detailed. I believe the statement of claim was around 47 pages and it went into great detail outlining the allegations made by this woman to how she was sexually assaulted. She said she um, was at Jack's with some friends and she became very drunk. Um, She alleged uh, the players were buying her shots and drinks and she consented to go back to the hotel room with one player. She said she went back there and engaged in uh, consensual sexual intercourse and then seven other players entered the hotel room. Some of them had golf clubs and she says they proceeded to sexually assault her in various ways and degrade her. And then she uh, left the hotel room uh, the following day. And then that's when the report was made to police. But this, all we had for the lawsuit was a statement of claim filed by her against Hockey Kanda and eight unnamed players. Normally, they would then file statements of defense, uh, denying their allegations and um, laying out what they say happened. But in this case, the lawsuit was settled out of court before any statements of defense were even filed. So that put an end to that. And we don't get any details about the settlement 
because it was settled out of court, but she was suing for $3.5 million. And then since then, we knew that London police had, had reopened or reevaluated the investigation. What was involved in the review of that case? Mm-hmm. So that, yeah, it w- they, they stressed that it was a review of the case. They didn't open a new investigation. They say it was the same investigation. So they reviewed the case by uh, reviewing all of the avenues they had already investigated, collecting new evidence and speaking to additional people. Um, they wouldn't go into very much detail because they said it's an ongoing investigation and they didn't want to compromise the court process, but they had a new lead investigator, uh, Sergeant Catherine Dan, um, and none of the original investigators from the original investigation were involved in the review, the police chief told us. And as mentioned off the top, a couple of weeks ago, there was some speculation that charges would be coming soon, that there were potentially uh, five players that would be facing charges and, and, as it happens, that's the number of players that were ultimately charged. Who was it that was named in this case by the police and, and who surrendered to police uh, to be charged? Mm-hmm. So there, there's been a lot of speculation ever since this story first came out. People were going through the roster of the 2018 World Juniors team and speculating on who may be charged. And then about two weeks ago, the Globe and Mail reported that five players had been asked to surrender themselves at London police headquarters to face charges. So that kind of prompted this media frenzy. Uh, Cameramen and reporters were waiting outside the police station 24 hours a day, hoping to catch these players turning themselves in with their attorney. Um, Ultimately, only one player was seen entering uh, the police station. That was Alex Fermentin. But later, Michael McLeod, Carter Hart, Dylan Dube, and Cal Foote were all charged, though no one saw them entering the police station. They may have done it when reporters weren't there. And they were all charged with a single count of sexual assault. And McLeod is charged with an additional count of sexual assault. So he's the only one facing two charges. And then even though all of them would have had to present themselves to police at some point, none of them were in court for the initial court appearance on Monday. Their lawyers appeared on their behalf. What transpired in court? Was it just a, a standard reading of the charges and then hold over for another date? Or were there any other discussion that, that we're able to talk about here? Uh, yes. Well, in the industry, we call that an up-down. Essentially, the lawyer just appears on their client's behalf. And they set a new court date, they request disclosure, and they can request a publication be ban, ban be placed on the case, which is pretty routine, um, just a publication ban, uh, prohibiting the media from reporting on any evidence that may be presented at a bail hearing. And that's exactly what happened. The case was adjourned until April 30th, um, when we expect the same thing to happen. The Crown just kind of give an update on their case, requesting additional disclosure, and it'll be adjourned again. Typically, a case like this will take 18 months to two years to go to trial. Um, The players are going to be tried together um, rather than having five separate trials. I spoke to a legal analyst and they said the Crown would have done that just to ensure that the complainant doesn't have to endure five separate trials, just one. Lawyers for all of the players have released statements as well, saying their clients are innocent and plan to fight the charges in court. So that suggests that there won't be any guilty pleas in this case and that it will, in fact, go to trial. It'll be determined whether it'll be a judge or jury trial, though. We'll be right back. What was the messaging from Police Monday when it came to the question surrounding any problems with the investigation and a lack of charges the first time around? I would say... uh, 
police chief Trong defended the investigation, but was critical of the length of time it took to bring charges. Like I said previously, he stressed this wasn't two investigations. This was one investigation and the investigation did lead to charges is what he said. Um, so he was happy about that, but unhappy with the timeline. And he was apologetic to the victim for taking so long to lay charges in the case and her family. He offered a rare public uh, apology, which is something police chiefs don't do a lot. But he did that yesterday um, at the press conference. He apologized to the victim and her family. So the police basically said it wasn't great that it took as long as it did to get get to charges, but I'm fine with how the investigation was handled. Did the chief give any reasoning for why it may have taken so long or, or was everything kind of, well, now this is before the courts, we can't really say much at this point? That was exactly it. They said he couldn't go into details of the investigation because it's before the courts, but he didn't criticize the investigation either. At one point, uh, a reporter asked him whether another police force should have taken over the investigation and he became somewhat defensive and said, um, London police has great investigators and they're fully capable of investigating. He's confident in that. So he he defended his investigators, defended police and stands behind the work they did on this investigation. Again, he came in as police chief in 2023. So he wasn't involved in the initial investigation. He wasn't the chief of police then. So this is kind of like a problem he inherited. Um, and I think he went at great, great lengths to uh, clarify that none of the original investigators or the lead investigator were involved in the initial investigation, kind of a fresh set of eyes were brought in. Now, in in reports, there's been mentioned that there were allegedly eight players involved, but as of right now, only five are charged. Is it possible that there could be more charges in this case, or is London police said, no, this is the five that we feel we're responsible here, and this is who we're going to proceed with charges against? That was a question a lot of people were wondering going into yesterday's press conference and several reporters asked the chief and Sergeant Dan about that. They said, is this still an open and active investigation? Could we expect any more charges? And essentially police said they have laid the charges um, where the evidence brought them, indicating that they aren't looking at additional suspects. So I don't think there will be additional charges in this case. Of course, they appeal to the public for information um, for anyone for information to come forward. So in theory, it's possible. But from their responses, yes, it seemed as though these are all the charges we're going to see in this case, um, despite the civil lawsuit saying there was eight people in the room. What about advocates of for victims of sexual violence? Have, have they had anything to say about the police handling of the case or how the police responded in its press conference on Monday? Yes, I spoke to Jennifer Dunn. She's the head of the London Abuse Women's Center here. And she was critical of the timeline, saying it should never take six years to lay a charge in a sexual assault investigation. Another point of criticism was following a Globe and Mail series called Unfounded that found London police had one of the highest rates of declaring sexual assault cases unfounded, which is a term uh, they use for a case that doesn't meet the threshold for laying criminal charges. London police reform the way they conduct sexual assault investigations, and they also helped create a victim's advocate case review program, which essentially is a set of experts, civilian experts, who examine sexual assault files after they've been closed without charges, just to ensure they've been adequately classified. So yesterday we found out at the press conference that this citizen panel didn't look at this case. They didn't review it. 
even though they've been reviewing cases, the London police have closed without charges. Police wouldn't say why they didn't review it. And they can't review it now because a charge has been laid in it. But the chief suggested that he's in talks with um, some members of this panel over whether there is a way to review it. Perhaps the first portion of it could be reviewed. I'm not sure how it would work, but that's something uh, advocates have been saying. This case needs to be reviewed, see what errors were made. But police kind of had that protection now because it's before the courts. They can't open up the investigation. So I I think something's going to happen on that front, but we're not exactly sure what. Could London police be subject to any kind of external review or could there be any review of the handling of the investigation or is this kind of where it's at now? I think this is where it's at. I can't think of an agency that would do an external review, um, especially now that charges were laid um, in one investigation that did just stretch almost six years. So that case would be declared cleared. Um, That's a police term for when a charge has been laid in a case. So the case is cleared. So I don't think there would be any pressure to review it. I'm not sure who would do that. And I guess lastly, I'm curious. I I know that the woman at the center of this case is just named as as – EM in, in the lawsuit that was launched against Hockey Canada. Have we heard from her at all in this or will we not hear from her until trial? Um, the, the, a statement from her was read at yesterday's press conference um, on behalf of her lawyer. She was involved with the investigation from the beginning until the end. So she fully cooperated with police. So we had heard also from a lawyer representing her civilly uh, releasing a statement after the charges saying she did this because she wants to see accountability. So she would be happy with this outcome, but she's also asked the public and the media to respect her privacy and to not contact her. So it seems like she doesn't want to speak on the case, especially with it now going to the courts, but she'll have to testify uh, during the trial. And as mentioned earlier, that this case won't be in court again until April and it could be kicked down the line again. I, I assume right now all the players are, are out on bail, like there's no one being held at this point. Is that correct? No, no one was ever even held in custody. They would have likely been released on what's called an undertaking. It's just they sign a set of conditions, often not to contact their co-accused, not to contact their complainant, not to possess weapons. I don't know the specifics of their undertakings but just some general guidelines that they have to do to maintain their freedom. So they would all be free on that. And so they never would have seen the inside of a prison cell. Um, and they were never like held overnight for a bail hearing either. So they'll, they'll be free um, while this works its way through the court system. Now, this is a high profile case. These are high profile athletes in, in many cases. Was the chief asked about whether these individuals are getting preferential treatment because of their status in the sports world? Yes, that was a question at the press conference yesterday. Um, Sergeant Dan was directly asked why the players were given the option of surrendering, to, surrendering themselves to police rather than being arrested. And she strongly denied that they were given any preferential treatment. She said, she said that's a routine procedure. They work with Uh, people accused of crimes and their lawyers to arrange times that work for both parties to meet and to be formally charged. Well, I know it's a case that many Canadians are paying attention to. It's something we'll be watching closely over the coming months as this approaches trial. Dale, thanks for your time. Thank you for having me. 10-3 is produced by Sean Knox, theme music by Bryce Hall. Thanks to my guest, Dale Carruthers. More from him at lfpress.com. I'm Dave Breckenridge. Thanks for listening. (music) 